Secret tapes have been a part of politics since at least the Watergate scandal in the 1970s. More recently, Phil, when the pandemic was taking off in 2020, top Republican lawmakers in Wisconsin were mad when someone in Governor Tony Evers' office secretly recorded their private phone conversation about COVID restrictions. And they all got caught being very cordial and respectful of each other. It was very bad for everybody. But my favorite hidden camera moment was last fall when U.S. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin was caught on video admitting nothing was obviously skewed about the 2020 election results. Trump lost only because he didn't get enough Republicans to vote for him, Johnson admitted. Sadly, the the way you embarrass a politician nowadays, especially a Republican politician, is you ask them to tell the truth about something, and that's very embarrassing for them. Well, today on Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics, we're going to play audio clips from the latest flap over what a political leader said when he didn't know he was being recorded. Conservative activists took a hidden camera into the state capitol office of Representative Elijah Benke, catching him badmouthing his own assembly leader, Robin Voss, and joking about punching the governor. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are two-fifths of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The more secretive two-fifths? Oh, come on. We're as open as a book. As open as a newspaper. All right, so let's set the stage here and then let's play some clips. We'll jump in and talk about it. This is not the entire tape. The juicy bits. Yeah, the juicy bits. If you want to hear the whole thing, you can go to go.madison.com slash hidden video. The story that we did earlier this week about this tape, you know, kind of got the juiciest bit, which was Representative Elijah Benke saying that Republicans need to cheat like the Democrats to win. In the future, but there's a lot more to this tape that's really interesting. That gives a good window into how the Republican Party is functioning right now. Push and pull of the of the more grassroots activist class versus the more establishment groups of Republicans. It's really interesting to sort of go into it and and see what makes these guys tick. There was another lawmaker that they caught on film, Representative John Spiros, a Republican of Marshfield, who actually kind of slammed his door in the face of one of the guys trying to show him a petition to oust Robin Voss. So he was clearly in the Robin Voss camp. But the audio clips we're going to play today are from the meeting conservative activists had with Representative Elijah Benke of Ocanto, who was pretty gracious with this crew and spoke to them for more than 20 minutes. Unlike Spiros, he does not seem to be a fan of Voss, but he told the visitors to his office that he wasn't going to defend Representative Timothy Ramthan, a Republican from Camelsport, who Voss had punished for spreading a false claim that Voss had cooperated with a Hillary Clinton lawyer to authorize ballot drop boxes. So here's the start of the conversation where Representative Benke introduces himself as a redneck from up north. And he describes the first time he met Assembly Speaker Robin Voss. I'm definitely no career politician. I'm a redneck from the Northwoods, right? Like that's, I just got in nine months ago and it's nauseating to see politics, right? What's crazy is Voss goes around the state, maybe not personally, but hires people to like recruit candidates, right? So mm-hmm. the, the, the Voss approved Voss, uh, uh, you know, was Mike Kunish, right? And I beat him two to one. So like, I never met the man, never had any ties, no loyalty, right? And I'm kind of an average guy that listens to talk radio, regular Joe up in Green Bay. And he makes fun of, you know, Robin a lot. 
So that's my perspective walking in, right? So I almost said, uh, finally nice to meet a swamp creature when he said hi for the first time because I thought it was funny. I didn't, but I didn't even know who he was, right? So like, yeah, yeah. So I have like, you know, 13 people file through, half of them say hi, and then, you know, this random guy says, welcome to the Republican caucus. And I'm like, hey, thank you. So who are you? And, you know, a little shocked. He's like, I'm Robin Voss. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. So he didn't call him a swamp creature. He almost did. And he got a pretty good laugh here. I think, like a lot of politicians, he's playing to this crowd. You play to the crowd and try to make them like you. But he disagrees with them often, and we'll get to that in a moment. It's interesting that Robin Voss, apparently the people that like Robin Voss less than hardcore progressives is is hardcore Trump supporters. (laughs) Well, it's worth mentioning, Phil, that we agree with these activists but for different reasons. Just earlier this month, our editorial board wrote an editorial calling for the Republican assembly members to pick a new leader. If you want to read that editorial, just go to go.madison.com slash dumpvoss, one word. And so it's interesting that this came out right after we had been saying he needed to go. There were people actually petitioning at the Capitol that saying Voss needed to go as speaker they were just way over on the right side of politics. They were not in the sensible center. It makes me think that the Republican caucus, if they do replace Voss, it's not going to be with somebody who's reasonable and who is going to work with the governor to accomplish things for the state of Wisconsin. It'll be a Trump creature who believes all sorts of zany conspiracy gunk. And 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 Voss at least doesn't believe that garbage. He just acts on it because he has to for politic, political reasons. Well, and how big the pro-Trump overturn the election crowd is, the sort of Trump cult in Wisconsin, how big that is, particularly in the legislature, I'm not certain. Because when Scott Fitzgerald left as Senate Majority Leader and he was for Trump, one of the earliest Wisconsin politicians for Trump when Trump was first running for president, After he left, we got Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemahue from Oostburg, very conservative community, but he has not been out there banging the drum for Trump. In fact, Lemahue has explained away why those ballots were laid in Milwaukee. You know, he's not he's not all aboard the Trump train conspiracy at all. Yeah, the Senate and the Assembly are different bodies. I hate to say it, but I think I think senators just are a little more respectable than uh, assemblymen are, you know. Well, they represent more people, more geography, so they have to be a little more reasonable. And this guy, Benke, he calls himself a redneck who got fired up by talk radio. And there's a lot of those people in the Assembly. So I'd be surprised if a new Assembly leader wasn't somebody who played to that base as opposed to a more old school Republican from a very conservative part of the state. Yeah, it used to be Milwaukee talk radio back when Char- before Charlie Sykes made his conversion from aggressive partisan to reasonable conservative in the Trump era. Milwaukee talk radio was extremely influential. It still is. But it was with Republicans in that radio area around suburban Milwaukee You'd get outstate Republicans like Luther Olson from Ripon, and he wouldn't really be influenced by whatever talk radio was talking about, or Kapanke up in La Crosse. Well, now I guess this guy up in Green Bay must be popular, and uh, maybe the spread of right-wing radio up there is is expanding. But one other thing I'd say about this clip is Benke talks about Voss going up and recruiting candidates and how bad this is, and I was thinking, well— At least he's not taking a whole army of state employees on taxpayer expense anymore to do it. That's what the caucus scandal was 20 years ago. 
I'm not sure if Benke would agree with us uh, that the caucus scandal was bad or not, but at least in theory, they're not doing that anymore. And just to go back to your point about Waukesha and suburban Milwaukee, Scott, the politics of suburban Milwaukee and, and Milwaukee are like 10 years behind the rest of the country. And 10 years ago, 15 years ago, all these other suburban areas around Rust Belt cities, and I know this specifically from Detroit, became less Republican and more Democratic. A lot of it was response to the Iraq war and social issues. They didn't care about gay marriage. They didn't care about gods and guns and stuff like that. These were just rich people in the Mm -hmm. suburbs. And that's changing in Milwaukee, too, I think brought on a lot by Trump. So the Trumpiness has driven a lot of those traditionally conservative people like Charlie Sykes, like people in Waukesha County or Ozaki County or Washington County, and they are much less reliably read than they used to be. And the Republicans are now throughout the state in places that used to be more democratic, that used to be a little more mixed, old manufacturing centers where people have lost jobs and people are upset about the current post-manufacturing economy. That's the new base of the Republican Party. And it's not the wealthy old people in the suburbs. All right. In this next clip, this is a little further in the conversation. Benke scolds his colleague, Representative Timothy Ramthan, saying he can't lie about Voss. Tim has good intentions, but you can't lie about another legislator, right? I don't think he did. I... Well, you find me the signature. Well, I mean, it was an email. From what I understand, I haven't it's even an, seen the it's email. an email reference. Well, it's out there. Okay. You can look, look you into it. You should send it to me. Is it in his press release? I don't believe so. I don't believe it's in there, but I've seen this email. This is the first of a couple moments where Benke gets frustrated with this crowd because they keep throwing out conspiracy theories like Voss is conspiring with a former Hillary Clinton attorney or 124-year-old men were voting in Winnebago County. And he keeps saying, well, give me the names. Give me the evidence. Where's the email? Where's the-? They don't have it. They don't have anything. And even... Elijah Benke, who's very suspicious about the election, is basically telling him, either bring me the goods or move on. Yeah. And the sort of response is, there's too much evidence to show you. It's just it's just all over the place. You're not, you're not opening your eyes. I mean, yeah, it's like these people keep complaining about, you know, people on the rolls. You know, they, don't, they don't have any evidence that anybody's voted. They know they have evidence that there are dead people who are registered to vote, but we know, you know, we, Chris Ricker and Phil Brinkman did a really good story earlier this year about illegal voting. And I was not aware of this, but people who cast ballots absentee and then die before the election, those votes get thrown out. Yeah, you know, those people aren't allowed to vote. And our, our elected officials do a really good job of figuring those things out. And that's hard to track down. So the you have to show me evidence of people that are long dead voting. Maybe you can find a couple of cases where somebody died between throwing between casting an absentee ballot and the election, and maybe the the elected officials were late to get it removed. But there's no evidence of anything. Show us the evidence. Show us a document. They can't. They don't have anything. This next clip was kind of one of the money clips from this whole interview. It's where Banky says he was so pissed off. He was praying to God that he might punch Tony Evers when he saw him. (laughs) That got a lot of attention. But I think if you listen to the part that came before that, and I'm not making excuses for him, and he was just joking about punching, I think. But he really, I think, gives a, a strong case for why he ran 
and why he's upset with Evers, it's because these COVID restrictions really screwed up his cleaning business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, right. let's, take, let's take COVID, right? So I'm just a regular guy, never wore a mask, just to go on the radio, the regular Joe show, the stinking secretary made me put it on like the three times, right? So from the beginning, I thought it was so stupid. So I was a cleaning business, right? Like that's, well, I still am, right? People are working in Green Bay right now cleaning houses. And so... The safer at home orders, which I knew were going to be BS, but when they all came out with the wording, I could clean like your factory, but I couldn't clean your house. Well, guess what? You're at the factory and the house is empty because you're working. Right. And so it's like so dumb that you couldn't even go to an open house. So like I was so pissed off. Like Tony Evers, I was like praying to God, like if I get to see him, I'm going to punch him, right? <laughs> so here I am. I haven't really seen him face to face yet, so we'll see if I do. But the point is like I was so yeah, yeah. I was so mad. That, you know, I was called non-essential, never wanted to be in politics. So he's called non-essential. He didn't like that. And then it it didn't make sense. Why could he clean uh, somebody's workplace, but he couldn't clean their, clean their home if they weren't at home? The pandemic drove some people to run, and I think he's one of them. And I think that's sort of a window into where he's at and why he believes some of the things he does. Yeah, I mean, I think the pandemic response and the and some of the heavy-handed responses, especially of Democrats, drove a lot of people to run. It didn't make a lot of these policies didn't make sense. Wisconsin wasn't as bad as some states, like in Michigan. I keep going back to Michigan, but you know, the, the governor banned construction workers from working on buildings outdoors. I mean, that that didn't make any sense in science. And so I understand people's frustration with COVID policies that kind of went over the top. And here in Dane County, they've extended our mask mandate through March, even though we're all vaccinated and relatively healthy here in this county. So I, I understand their frustration. I will say, our, you know, only in the context of partisan politics, is it okay for a young man in good shape to joke about punching an elderly person? You know, and that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, this guy is he looks like he's in his thirties, maybe his late twenties. And he looks like he's in good shape, strong young man, probably a hunter and good for him. But Tony Evers, you hit him, you know, you could knock him over the feather. I mean, <laughs> you know, he'd probably do some serious damage if he punched Tony Evers. It's not funny. There is a little edge to that. That kind of fits the times and the whole Trumpian attitude. Remember, Trump talked about wanting to hit people in the face. Unfortunately, that's part of the new Trump Republican Party. What would your parents say about that? I mean, I'm sure his parents did not raise him to beat elderly people. You know, we don't joke about that kind of stuff. That's what sort of drives me nuts about the Trump Republican Party is that I've had disagreements with conservatives in the past, but I've always had a real respect for the morals and the values they try to instill into their kids. And we've just thrown all of those out in the name of winning for Trump. It drives me nuts. Yeah, he's praying to God in the same sentence as he's talking about wanting to hit Evers, an older gentleman. I thought Evers's spokesperson did a nice job of deflecting that and saying that we don't think violence is <laughs> uh, an incivility is how we can move forward here. And in kind of pinning that attitude on the Republican Party, I thought they did well. Here's another reference to cheating and Benke getting frustrated. I believe there was fraud. How much? We'll never know. And that's what I have to tell my own dad, who I love. Like, it could be 160000 It could have been 16000 We can't find out at this point. But you don't, but, you don't but, need to know but, how much there was if it was exactly. there. Right. But fraud eviscerates. I guess that's for the courts to decide. I guess as a as like, you would love to be a perfect spouse, right? But let's be honest, you're not going to be, right? You'd love no fraud to exist, but it's not going to ever happen. There's always going to be somebody that tries to cheat. So I'm encouraging people, right, that have the passion and power to be here as the grassroots. 
Let's cheat like the Democrats do. Make sure every nursing home, you go in and see your relatives. We don't need to cheat. We just need to no, need, Yeah, that yeah. too. But I'm just saying, this is how they've been the rules. So he actually agrees with us there for a split second. The courts need to decide this. And they did decide it. Biden won. The activist at one point there says something interesting, which is it doesn't matter how much fraud there is. The fact that there is fraud taints the whole election, which is the whole idea of that Trump has been trying to to push is that we can't trust our elections because there's fraud, even though there's no evidence of any fraud. Not widespread. There's a handful of cases of maybe somebody voting twice. Often Trump voters who are voting at, at a lake house and their home address and we catch them. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that is that is that the these these handful of cases which are pretty evenly split on partisan basis is they get caught. So the idea of massive voter fraud is ridiculous and it's what Trump wants and I hate to say it but it's kind of what it's what Vladimir Putin wants too. They want us to not have faith in our electoral process. That's the whole idea of these other powers that are grappling for our, our world domination. It's China and Russia. They want us to not have faith in our elections and to show that democracy isn't all it's cracked up to be. Well, what's, by golly, we need to show that democracy works. What's refreshing about this interview is that Benke is repeatedly pushing back on them. And he said, there's always going to be some fraud. We just There's just not enough to overturn 20-some thousand votes. And he says that. And in a lot of cases here, it seems like he's trying to talk them off the ledge. Uh, they just don't want to listen. But at least he seems somewhat reasonable about Biden won and we got to move on, people. Here's another clip where Banky becomes frustrated. I don't think we're ever going to find out. So my, this is what I told you, we just got to cheat like the Democrats or bend the rules. Don't think, think you're going to find out what. I mean, the people have found out. I mean, it's, it's out in the open. But at 24,000 votes, if, you know, that's the number, 24,000 something, something, something. That's we don't right. have enough names. Sure you do. Oh, yeah. yeah. You they just don't know. You're me. just ignorant of it. So you can see there, Phil, that he's becoming increasingly frustrated with this crowd. They just, they, they won't hand him any evidence. And he keeps asking for a shred of evidence. That's the whole story of 2020 election and the case for voter fraud is show us the evidence and no one has any evidence. The one thing that this crowd impressed me with besides its civility and its sincerity was they don't like cheating. And we can't be cheating. We can't be joining. I don't agree with you on that. I don't agree. That's not the right thing to do. We need to hold. Otherwise, what are we? Right. Just two games fighting each other. Elijah... Benke would probably say Dane County collecting votes in the park was cheating. He thinks going into nursing homes without having someone, an official uh, election assistant to help with elderly people was cheating, even though the elections board decided that, no, that was allowing older people to vote during a pandemic. I think he would probably argue that having drop boxes is cheating. And we'll get to it in a moment. I think he thinks there was cheating in Milwaukee, even though his figure's wrong. We had the same issue in Madison. These people are from parts of the state where they don't know anybody who voted for Biden. They can't understand why anybody would have voted for Biden. And so clearly there must be fraud. Just if you come to Madison, I don't know anybody who voted for Trump. And, and, And so the idea that there's Half the state is in love with Trump is is bizarre to people who live in Madison. Just the way that half the state hates Trump must be bizarre to these people who are enamored with him. I think Dave Blaska held his nose and voted for Trump. So there was one Trump vote in Dane County, Phil. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize that he actually held his nose and voted for him. 
Here's Benke's complaint about Milwaukee. Well, the Milwaukee, this is the biggest thing that reassures me that it probably was stolen. But again, the ballots have all been thrown in the needle in the haystack. So if you look at the Milwaukee percentage of like 99% of people in the middle of the night all voted for Biden, and that's not even like California or New York liberal, right? It's usually 94, 95, 96. Nobody's 99, right? Mm-hmm. So that ballot dump in the middle of the night statistically doesn't match up right. for me. But because we can't like go into the haystack, and we pull the ballot out, right? But it doesn't got a name and an address on it that's anymore. Why we need- He's right, Phil. Nobody gets 99% of the vote. His figure's wrong. When those absentee ballots came in late at night... Uh, because state law doesn't allow clerks to count them until Election Day, which is a law we want to change. It's a law that Devin Lemahieu wants to change, by the way. It's a law that every clerk wants to change, at least most of them who have to deal with it. When those 169,541 absentee ballots came in way past midnight, 84% of them were for Biden. Trump did get 23,000 642 of them. This actually was very close to polling prior to the election. Uh, Polling showed that 81% of people voting absentee supported Biden in Wisconsin. That's not surprising because the cities were pushing it. They were taking the virus way more seriously. And there's there's another clip. I'm not sure we'll have a chance to play it, but one of these activists says she doesn't trust voting early, so she's not going to do it. Here you go, Phil. Go vote early. Tell others to vote early so we can do the same thing. Right, so that. I'm afraid of voting early. Yeah, you're person. Take your ballot to the clerk. So the one lady there, she's afraid to vote early, and she doesn't trust her local clerk. So here's what you have: you have you have Trump supporting voters who are afraid of voting early because they don't trust the process. So they all vote in person the day of, and and so whose ballots are left for for in the absentee? It's mostly Democratic supporters. And this was something that people were talking about this long before the election and sort of suggesting there could be this nightmare scenario where all of these absentee ballots come in late at night in Wisconsin because they can't count the votes until after the polls close. And people are going to yeah. say, oh, these these votes aren't real. But that's the laws. That's the we, we saw this coming. This was this was expected to happen. It's exactly what we thought was going to happen. And I think Trump played it up for his own benefit by encouraging his voters not to vote early so that they did have this wiggle room in case this exact scenario happened, which is what happened. Exactly. I mean, Trump said, oh, sure, in the middle of the night at 4 a.m., they find all these votes for Biden to push us ahead in Wisconsin. Uh, Yeah, that's how the system works. In fact, two years earlier, Tony Evers won the race for governor in practically the same way where a whole bunch of late votes came in. They're actually early votes. They just True. they just they just get counted late. Right. They were actually in first. They just couldn't be counted till election day. And, and so the final votes counted were these absentee ballots and it gave Evers a push to get ahead of Walker again by like 20,000 votes. And what was Walker's reaction? He didn't claim a bunch of fraud like Trump does with not a shred of evidence. He said, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. I used to be the county executive. I know how the things work. And Walker conceded. And this wasn't just Milwaukee this happened. This happened in big cities across the country and in Philadelphia, in Detroit, in in big swing states. 
late ballots came in and anyone who was paying attention to the election knew that they were overwhelmingly going to be for Democrats because Republicans refused to, a lot of Republicans chose not to vote early during the pandemic. Here's just one more clip, Phil, where one guy in the crowd who, the guy who doesn't seem to have any evidence, but he's certainly got a lot of fire and brimstone. What's happened is treason and subversion of, of all of us. You've been molested. You've been molested. We've all been molested here. Okay. Yes. Your, your inalienable rights have been trampled yeah. upon, yeah. and that requires recompense. Yeah. And so you guys aren't doing a darn thing about it. And You're not doing enough. Isn't the language here just a little over the top, given the lack of evidence? But that's what this lawmaker's dealing with. And actually, I feel for Benke. He's trying to gently, politely, these are good people. These are people that care about their country. They care about their neighbors. They think everything's being stolen from them, in large part because Trump has spread all these lies. And they lied to by Trump, who they trust, and conservative media like talk radio and Fox News. And and if that's your media environment, you know, I can understand why they think the way they they do and feel betrayed by their country. Because, I mean, but it's it's a shame that these good people who care about their country are being lied to and duped by powerful people. Yeah, the truth is being molested by Trump. I just I just wanted to say one thing about the vote totals in big cities, too. If you look at Milwaukee's electoral, like the vote totals in Milwaukee, they aren't outlandish compared to other years. I mean, I think in some cases, Trump did better in some cities than he did, you know, four years ago. So the idea that all of these votes are stolen in these big cities, is just a lie. So how do you come away from this? I mean, I know Binky, he doesn't like Voss, obviously. He thinks he's part of the swamp. Maybe he's just playing to this crowd a little bit and overstating how he feels. And he, he threatened to punch the governor. He was joking. I'm not defending him. But at the same time, do you at all get a little bit of reassurance here? Kind of like I did from the secret tape of Ron Johnson that, hey, these Republicans are not fantasizing about things. They know what's going on and they're gently trying to explain to the most aggressive and misinformed people in their party that they need to move on. That's better to me than if he was encouraging them and signing their petition and saying, you're right, and I'm going to go punch Voss in the face now, too. I think as soon as you have responsibility, which he does, you have to take that seriously. And I think I think he is in some ways. I mean, like, as you, you see, there's a sense of reality. It's like, We don't have the votes for a full forensic audit. We can't get all of, you know, I can't get people to buy into it because you can't show us any evidence that there was anything that happened. Yeah. There's a reality to this world. You can't just say something and make it so. And activists on both the left and the right don't seem to understand that there's mechanisms to government that prevent us from just snapping our fingers and making something happen. I mean, the left is is up in arms because Biden can't pass his Build Back Better plan, despite the fact they have a razor thin majority in the Senate. I mean, anybody can see that like you need to do something that's you, you need to convince somebody on the other side to go along with you. And, and, you're, and, you, and you shouldn't be surprised when you don't do if that doesn't happen. There's realities to the world. And unfortunately, the activists on both the left and the right refuse to live in that reality. And they get well, upset when their leaders have to. Well, one good thing for Benke is that he did wind up as a freshman lawmaker in a Phil Hans cartoon. Now, granted, you were mercilessly making fun of him, but 
hey, he's a relevant guy. He's in a Phil Hans cartoon in the Wisconsin State Journal. You know, you've made it when I make fun of you. I mean, I don't make fun of, I don't make fun of people that are irrelevant. If you haven't seen Phil's cartoon, punch into your phone or your tablet or your computer right now. Go.madison.com slash Banky, B-E-H-N-K-E, cartoon. Our theme music is by Madison's power pop sensation, Tube Tester.